Welcome to Kingdom Minded Podcast with Ray Munoz. Hey, everybody, welcome to another episode of Kingdom Minded Podcast. It's me, your host, Ray Munoz. How's it going, everybody? Um, I hope you guys are having a great week. Um, I hope you guys are having a fantastic time uh, just with everything going on. I know Easter's right around the corner, so I know a lot of you guys are working diligently. Um, I've been seeing some of your guys' posts. Um, looks like everybody's just pedal to the metal this week um, and last week. Um, I know for us, it's been we've been at the church six, seven days out of the week, so... I think the week this week, as you guys are listening to this, um, we're going to pretty much be there seven days a week. So it's been pretty crazy, but it's all going to be worth it. So just keep telling yourself that. So that way it pushes you to keep going, because I know if, if, if I feel this way, I know you guys feel this way and I am drained. I am. I'm almost to the point where I feel sick. Um, and I usually don't get like this until, um, we're doing stuff like this where it requires you to be there every night, but I definitely feel like my body is getting run down. So take care of your, take care of yourselves, um, making sure you're getting enough sleep, uh, make sure you're eating. Cause I know a lot of people, even myself, um, I've been going home and just not eating dinner because by the time I get home, it's super late and I'm just trying not to eat. And, uh, I feel you guys. So if you're exhausted and feel like just you want to curl up in a ball and die, just keep going. The, this weekend's almost done. You're going to make it. Um, call somebody if you need encouragement. Um, you guys got it. You know, if, if this is all going to be worth it, if one soul gets the Holy Ghost, um, you know, if one backslider comes back this weekend, it's all worth it. Every little bit of this energy that I'm giving up and every little time that I'm tired and exhausted, it's going to be worth it because somebody's going to receive the Holy ghost this weekend. Um, and it actually makes me think of, um, the story of our church. There was a gentleman that, that came to our Easter play. I believe he lived around the area. He got a flyer and he came, he ended up getting the Holy ghost and he became a very vital part of our church. Um, and unfortunately he, he, he had passed uh, a couple years ago. Um, uh, but my pastor had brought that up, uh, in a Sunday morning service. I wasn't in there. Uh, obviously we were with the kids, but, um, someone had relayed the message that he had brought that up. And I thought, you know what? It's, it's all going to be worth it. Um, cause that, that gentleman, he received the Holy ghost and he died, you know, when he passed, um, he, we knew where he was going. You know, his salvation was was taken care of because he received the Holy Ghost and he was baptized in Jesus' name. Um, so, you know, you never know. You never know what, what this weekend's going to do for someone. You know, invite your family members out, guys. Um, you know, get them get them to come to church with you and, you know, do what you can. Don't be afraid to ask because you never know what, you know, what's the worst that someone's going to tell you is no. So, you know, I'm definitely making sure that I'm trying to invite my family members. Uh, I've been bugging my grandma to try and get her to come. And uh, I'm going to invite my aunt um, also. And um, I'm not necessarily up in front and center in the play, but I'm going to try and get them to come because I'm going to I'll be in the back doing uh, the music and stuff like that. But, um, you know, just go out there and just um, 
you know, try and get people to come to your church, whatever you're having a service or a play, uh, whatever it is, just, you know, encourage someone to come with you. And, you know, it should be like this every Sunday, but, you know, you can get people to come a little bit more on Easter um, than you can just a regular Sunday. And it was funny this morning when we were talking to the kids and I was telling the kids, you know, you guys need to be soul winners. You need to make sure that we're inviting people. I go invite your your um, your you know, your family members that don't come to church, invite them, you know, and I was telling them, I was like, use those, you know, those kid eyes that you have. And I go, you kind of just tilt your head to the side, look up and make your eyes a little watery and just say, please come and see me at the play or the church. And, you know, just tell the kids, you have the advantage. You're little, you can, you can persuade your grandma and grandpa, your aunts and uncles, you know, to come and see you at the church. And, you know, don't be afraid to let those little ones, um, you know, be soul winners and use what they got to their advantage, you know, to, to bring people. And you never know, they might get the Holy Ghost. So, but, um, so I'm really excited for today's podcast, guys. I have a personal hero of mine uh, joining me today. Uh, it's, I, I've been looking forward to this call for almost about a month and it's been it's been a little hard to kind of get it uh just the way the scheduling has been working and this is probably not the best week to do it but we ended up fitting it in so i'm really excited uh but before we get into that um i do want to talk about this sunday boy oh boy what a sunday um i went on outreach uh saturday actually started a little bit before that we went on outreach on saturday um and I just realized that I mentioned something about the wrong guest. <laughs> oh, man, I'm so sorry, guys. I just realized I mentioned the wrong guest today. It's not that guest. <laughs> today is a different guest. It's two guests. I recorded. Now you guys are going to get what I do. I recorded uh, next week's episode today. Uh, because it was just happened to fit in the schedule and that's not who I'm having on today's podcast. I'm really sorry guys. Oh man. And I don't want to edit this because I don't want to have to do that other part again. So today's podcast is with some special people. It's just not my personal hero. That's going to be next week. So a little teaser. <laughs> so I hope you guys are laughing in your cars or wherever you're at with me because I'm, oh man, I had a, I had a, I don't, that's where I'm at right now, guys. This is where my week's at. I'm recording next week's intro for this week's. <laughs> Anyways, okay. I just realized when I started talking about what was going on. Um, so we went on outreach today or this weekend, this Saturday, and um, we were going out and just canvassing the area with our uh, play um, post or brochures and stuff and letting people know, hey, um, you know, we got an Easter play. I met a lot of people. Hopefully I get, you know, some commitments. Um, but we did have some problems out. And I tell you, like, God's just blessed me, which is such a great area. There's always something going on. Um, so right now there's, um, kind of like a, uh, they call it a beef, um, between these two different sides of the area. Um, people are kind of getting a little rowdy. Um, like I had mentioned, someone had gotten shot a couple a couple months back or a month back or something like that. And so um, a lot of stuff going on right now. There's always on this one corner, there's a ton of people just sitting out and just 
doing who knows what. Um, but um, Selena, who's actually uh, going to be joining me today, along with uh, Lorraine on the episode, um, she was out talking to people, and she, you know, uh, I say you've never been on outreach until you've been yelled at or cussed at, so um, we definitely get to earn our stripes out here in, in my area. Um, but this lady was not too happy about us trying to outreach and um, get people to sign up for their free tickets to our Easter play. Um, so she got pretty confrontational with Selena and was being kind of rude to her. And, uh, you know, Selena was saying, oh, she goes, man, I had to bite my tongue. I wanted to say so much to her. And I said, we have enough violence in my neighborhood as it is. Please don't try and, you know, build any more up. And she's like, I wasn't, but you know, it was just funny. But, um, you know, it was, it's just one of those things. People aren't going to be too happy. Um, but come to find out she was a Jehovah witness. And so that's why she was pretty upset that we were trying to reach her family. Um, but you know what? I'm just going to be praying for her this week and God's going to constantly change that. Um, but we did get some good contacts. Um, I met a few people, um, actually a couple, I met a homeless lady on in my neighborhood and I told her if she wants to ride my bus, just meet me here and I'll pick you up. And so, um, I got to really connect with a lot of people that have ridden my bus that's, that haven't been riding my bus. So that was, it was, it was for me, I didn't get yelled at, so it was good, but, um, it was definitely one of those days for, um, Selena and, um, sister Barbara from our church, they were out there and, you know, just, Hey, they're just soul winning. It's just kind of comes with the territory. Sometimes you got to have tough skin and just brush it off and God's with you and he's going to take care of it. Um, so I had visited everybody on my route and I got a lot, you know, yeah, yeah, we're going to go. And then, oh man, this morning I got a text from my biggest family saying that none of them are going. And, uh, I kind of, I, I feel like sometimes I have to be, uh, I don't know how to put this. I feel like I have to sometimes be the parent. And tell them, well, why aren't they going? And I have to ask the parent, why aren't they going? Because I feel that I'm comfortable enough with them to know, you know, to, to, to be a little bold and say, why aren't they going? Like in my head, I'm like, are they, and I text her, I said, are they sick? Because in my opinion, that's the only reason they should be missing church. But she said, no, you know, the, the three other girls had went with their mom. They go with their mom every now and then. And the other ones uh, didn't want to go. So I was like, oh, I'm not really happy with that answer, but. I'll be talking to them next Saturday. So um, I always tell the kids, I'm going to go over there and chew you out. Um, you shouldn't be missing church. Um, but, you know, you got to get to that point with some of your bus routes and your kids just to be comfortable enough to talk to them the way you would your own family. And I think that I'm blessed to have a relationship with this family that, you know, sometimes the spirit gives me bold boldness and I'll say what, you know, what my mom would have said to me, you know. And, you know, always tell people, you know, these, some of these kids don't have parents that will correct them or lead them in the right direction. So sometimes that's what we have to do. We have to be what God is, what God needs us to be. And so, you know, I'm blessed that that parent is, you know, they're learning and, you know, that they're comfortable with me enough to allow me to tell them freely, like, you know, they shouldn't be missing church. Um, you know, just blessed that God has just allowed this relationship with this family to blossom like that. So definitely not something you want to tell a first time parent. Um, but if you're comfortable enough with them, you have a good relationship and that comes with coming every weekend and visiting them. Um, you know, like the mom, and I think it had a lot to do with, she had knee surgery, uh, this weekend. So if you can pray for her, 
Um, her name's Marina. Um, she's an awesome woman. She's just taking care of, you know, all these kids at her house. And so, um, if you could pray for her, but I know, I think part of that had to do with her not being able to get up because she gets all those kids ready every Sunday morning. There's, there's 14 that come on my bus and I think only, uh, let me rephrase it. Let me think I'm doing the numbers. There's four, there's 14 or something on the family. And I think only like 10 of or four of them are old enough to take care of themselves. The rest of them, she gets them all dressed and stuff like that. So, um, definitely, I think that might have had a big issue to do with it. Um, but I'll talk to her next Saturday and kind of square that away. But so this morning I only had three people on my bus, man, that was discouraging. It happens, and, you know, my mom reminded me this morning when we were driving, I said, man, we only have three people. She goes, but that's three people that came. And I guess it's just my personality. I just was leaning to her negative side, and I wasn't necessarily thinking it was a failure, but I was definitely disappointed that, you know, that family didn't come, and the new contact I got didn't end up coming. Uh, You know, it just didn't work out. But, you know, there's always next Sunday, and so that was just kind of like that part. And then... This morning, um, I had prepared a Palm Sunday lesson, and I, I had my costume out, and I was getting ready. I was going to get up and get ready and, and do my you know my lesson, and the Spirit just led us other ways. And so I ended up teaching on superheroes. I don't know how that happened. It was just we were singing Jesus, You're My Superhero, and then I had the kids sit down, and we started talking about superheroes for a little bit, and I was just telling them, and I was doing this whole thing. They would tell me a superhero, and I'd tell about the superhero and what they do, and then I would just one-up them every time they gave me a superhero, and I would tell them about, you know, <clears throat> how God, um, Jesus was better than that superhero, and what he did, and what he could do that was amazing, and they were throwing out superheroes and saying something like, um... I'm trying to think of the one, um, I, now that I'm thinking about it right now, they're like saying that, you know, Batman's a, Batman's a billionaire or a millionaire. And I'm like, well, Jesus owns a cattle of a thousand hills. So your Batman's money looks nothing compared to what God's wealth is and that the things that he has in his, you know, in heaven and all this stuff. And so I started talking about that. And then there was another one he threw out like, um, oh man, um, the Hulk and the Hulk smashes things. And I was talking about, you know, when Jesus died on the cross that the Bible says that the earth shook. And I was like, you know, like <laughs> it's just throwing out all these different things. I was just every superhero they got. I just kept beating them with what Jesus did. And you just, you know, and that was just off the top of my head. And that ended up being the service. And I just kept, you know, we ended up turning that into a little preaching session. And then we had an altar call. Um, but you know, it was just where the spirit decided to lead us in. Um, but other than that, it was, it was a good Sunday. Um, like I said, it was just a little disappointing in the bus numbers today, but you know, people, they came and that's all that matters. So, um, still blessed day. Um, we had great church tonight. Uh, you know, it was just all around great Sunday and I recorded, as you know, now I recorded, uh, next week's episode, uh, today, uh, because I'm trying to get on top of recording these episodes ahead of time so I'm not scrounging to record these like tonight uh, in my car before I get home. So I'm trying to get on top of some of the stuff. Um, so that way Easter weekend's a little bit lighter on me and I'm you know, just trying to think ahead as much as I can. I'm not the best at always doing this, but um, I do try to make sure that I'm a little bit more uh, ahead of everything so that way I'm not stressing out on trying to get a guest or trying to get a recording done before it actually goes live on Monday. Um, 
but I am excited about Easter. I'm excited what God's going to do. Um, if you guys have not, guys, register if you are going to the SEC Children's Ministry Workshop uh, the weekend after Easter. Please, please go online and register. Um, you can also show up. It's going to be a phenomenal time. I spoke to Brother Thomas about coming down where he's excited. Um, I'm excited to what God's going to do. Um, I did get a call. And so I will be doing a session at the uh, conference. Uh, I'm not going to quite tell you what it is, but it's going to be uh, pretty good. Um, and like I said in the previous episodes, Kingdom Minded Podcast is going to have a booth out there so you can come by and say hello. Um, but if you have not, please go register. Register. Make sure your, t- your, your bus ministry team, your Sunday school team is going. Um, it's going to be a fantastic time on all the stuff that's going to be happening. Uh, Friday from 12 p.m. till 4 p.m., uh, there's going to be session, breakout sessions going on. We're going to have a, you know, registration and all that stuff and an introduction. Um, that's going to be happening at that time. And after that, there's going to be a break from five, from about, I think it's uh, till four till seven, uh, and seven o'clock, we're going to have a full on kids church service. So you get to put what you learned that day in action that night. Um, it's going to be a phenomenal time. We're going to have an awesome time. I'm going to have my, some of my bus route come out so you can even see some of my kids that come on my bus. Um, and we're going to have a good time. It's just going to be an awesome time. And then Saturday is going to start earlier. I believe it starts at nine or 10. Uh, I'd have to double check on the thing on the, um, flyer, but I'll post it again. So that way you guys know. Um, but Saturday is going to be kind of an all day thing. Uh, but it's really a powerful time. There's so many people with so much knowledge, and, and I'm not even including myself in that because I, they have so much knowledge in the in the areas that they work in, and you know the things that you gain from this. And as you've heard from even my um, my last episode with Travis, he got a call to bus ministry at this conference. So you know, guys, really don't underestimate it. If you're on the fence about it, just make the decision to go. Um, it's definitely going to be a great time. And then I do know um, that uh, I don't know if they're doing it this year, but I know before in the past years, they have posted the videos on ApostolicSundaySchool.com. So you can watch last the previous year's sessions. Um, I believe they're video for most of them. I think there's some other audio, but most majority of them should be video. Um, and you can see um, or listen to the sessions from previous years, which are great. Um, so um, I did want to make sure I had plenty of time to talk about that today because it is vital for your team. I text my team and let them know, hey, this is vital for us to be here. We need this. You need the growth. You need to get new ideas, new materials. And the best part about it is there's lunches. And so you get to fellowship with everybody and you get to talk to people just like on this podcast where we express the things that we go through the best thing is to do is fellowship with people with like-minded ministries and like-minded visions um so that way you know you guys are building relationships with people and i've made plenty of friends at these this conference um you know i don't like going to a lot of conferences but this is definitely one of my favorite uh conference slash workshops so i really encourage you guys to go um, but it's going to be great. Uh, so I'm excited for this guys. Um, I'm not going to talk anymore. I'm going to kind of like go into this, but, um, just to, you know, this is not the episode with, uh, my particular guest that I had spoke about before, but this is with, uh, two other guests, um, 
I'm, I'm sure I mentioned this. Uh, Selena is back on this podcast, and uh, Lorraine from one of my first episodes or my second episode or something like that is on um, is on this podcast. So, uh, or I'm sorry, third podcast that I did. So she's back on here, but we're just recapping um, our Liberian mission trip. So, thank you guys again for listening and enjoy this next part with my guests. All right, everybody. Uh, I'm here today with uh, some returning guests. Uh, I got I got Selena here. Hi. I got Lorraine here. Hi. She, she forgot she was on a podcast. And I was like, I thought you were just introducing. She was just waving at waving. the. She was waving at the microphone. Uh, so today, well, not today, but this month marks one year since we went to Liberia, Africa. Um, for a mission trip our church was doing, but um, if you've ever heard anything about our Liberia mission mission trips, um, it's something different every time we go. Yeah. Um, we've done crusades there. Mm-hmm. Um, we've done uh, dedication services mm-hmm. where it was like twelve, like a whole week of dedication services. <laughs> oh, uh, and uh, and but this time we did something different. It was a ministers training conference. And then there was also a children's ministers training conference. So that's why we're talking about it today, because I think I think it has um, a lot to do with what we talk about here on this podcast and the different things. And if you can hear that guy revving his motorcycle up, we're really appreciative of, of it. Um, but what what this uh, <laughs> with this conference, it was it was something different for our church and definitely for Liberia. Um, this if you don't know the history of Liberia, Africa, um, it was essentially a country that was made up of slaves that were brought from the United States to Africa and just pretty much dropped off there. People who have never even been to this country of Africa, um, they were just thrown into this country. So it's very Americanized as far as culture-wise. Um, even government-wise. Yeah, even government-wise. And so it was, um, but it still had that African twist to it. Um, and then, uh, but the country has been torn with years of civil war. Um, some of the buildings that we even drive by, um, still had shell holes from the bullets or the cannons that were, you know, attacking, they, they attacked the buildings. Um, very, very poor country. Um, I don't know any of the statistics off my head of the poverty level, but it is extremely low. Um, the average person makes what? Do you remember? Money-wise? Yeah, money-wise, I think. I think, like, 50, like, like middle class, I think Pastor said it was, like, 50 American dollars. A month. A month, a month yeah. So Which it, is not very much. No. And, um, and especially now, um, this was my second time going out to Liberia, so I think everything has gotten more expensive yeah. oh, than yeah. it was the first time I went out there. Um, first time you went out there, you, you, you hardly spent any money because nothing was open. Yeah. Um, and everything that was open, you weren't allowed to eat. Yeah. Um, you know. Yeah, and we'll get into that later. Yeah. So just kind of a rundown of the country. Um, they they have never had anything like this. So equip equipping um, the leaders of Liberia um, was definitely a need. And so this is what we're kind of going to be kind of talking about. So let's talk about. Let's. I'm gonna say day one, but it's not day one in Liberia. This is all the traveling stuff. Oh. Um, how how many hours were we on a flight? A lot. Eleven and a <laughs> half on our first flight, or eleven hours on our first flight to London. Mm-hmm. And then we 
showered, slept, woke up the next morning, got on it. Ate in the airport. We ate in the airport. Because it was so late. It was so late and nobody wanted to go into the city because we were tired. It was going to cost it like 18 bucks, remember, just to go in and have dinner. And we had hamburgers. Yeah. In London. Cannot go wrong with hamburgers. It was so... Hey. At that point, that place was either really good or we were just really hungry because it was just like... But we we were... And the charcoal burger. We walked everywhere for food and... We just... We finally just settled on some pub in the airport, and yeah. it was... we were, like, two terminals away, or three terminals away from the uh, original. It was bad. But, um... It so wasn't the, bad. It wasn't... It was, it was, it was, it was not good. bad. For, for me, okay, it wasn't... Okay, food critic. If I'm, in, if I'm in another country, I want to eat something that's just out there. In normal I know. circumstances, I'm with you. I know, I know. That we late did. at night in the airport after traveling for 12 hours? Yeah. Okay. They had a different kind of cheese on there. <laughs> they did. Um, okay, and so they spoke a different language. So Very they different. spoke English. No, they didn't. No, they didn't. <laughs> they were, the guy was from like Pakistan, yeah, right? Yeah. But he still spoke English. But well, they were he... different countries, different cultures. Oh my god. Okay. Anyway, so we're spending <laughs> way too much time on this. So we were on the flight for almost twenty hours. No. No, twenty-four no, hours. It was like longer because we had it's a... all, thirty-two hours altogether. Yeah. Is it oh, okay? So we flew from London to Belgium, and that flight was like what two hours? Yeah. And then from there, oh, it's not like fish on the plane too. Okay. Okay, so there from Belgium, we flew to Liberia, and that was an eight and a half, nine hour flight. So almost a lot little, of hours. A little bit over 24 hours of traveling. Sure yeah. thing. Yeah. So by the time we get into Liberia, <laughs> yeah. so yeah. we had to fly on this, it wasn't actually as small as I remembered it, it was being? a massive plane it yeah smelled small so the way it used the way it used to be is that there used to be only sunday flights into liberia once a week yeah so that was the only way you can get in and out of that country by plane um was on sundays but now they've opened it up so we fly into liberia we first stop in um the ivory coast I believe. Sierra or Sierra Leone. Leone. No, the other one. Okay, last one I went on was Ivory Coast. Sierra Leone. We get in there, and you're just looking outside the plane. And then... It looks uh, like Yeah. Um, a few, so there was a few other, other people that we were trying to get to come on this podcast <laughs> to share that, share their experience, but they just couldn't make it. Um, but yeah, Melody said, it looks like Africa. And I looked, I started laughing. I said, it's just palm trees. <laughs> Which it we... looks like Florida. Yeah, we have plenty of palm trees here. Um... So we finally get into Africa, Liberia, Africa, and it it's late. late at night. I mean, it's probably like, oh, I don't know, around the time. It was like time. 10. Yeah, it was around pretty late. Yeah, it was pretty late. So we get in there, and so I had been there prior, and so I had prepared most of the group. But like, this is what you're going to do at the airport. You're going to stay together. Um, you're not going to um, venture off. If anybody tells you anything different to do other than what... The one person who's our contact to do, you don't listen to them. Which, at an airport... It's pretty common. Don't leave your bag with strangers. Obviously. Well, I mean, like, at, at a regular airport, they tell you to do something, yeah. you do you it. You just do yeah. it, yeah. yeah, but not in, not there. Not Yeah, so the air, the airport is really small. Um, so we go in, and we're standing in line, and automatically, as soon as we walk in the door... Um, a guard. The guards are telling us, go over here, go over here. And we're like... <laughs> and then they're starting now, to walk. Everyone's like, Lorraine, don't go there. Let's don't listen to him. <laughs> so everybody's like trying to go. I'm like, I'm telling him like, don't go, don't listen to him. Pastor comes up, just stay in line, don't get out, you know. Yeah, he's like, we're waiting for our contact from the church to come. Yeah. And you think you're gonna like the 
in all, okay, a side note here is you think it's easier said than done when you're in the airport, mm-hmm. when you're telling me on the plane, like, at the, but when you have guards and guards clothes telling you to go this way and then yeah. you have pastor, yeah. yeah, and then you have pastor telling you to go straight. All I remember <laughs> is I was the first in line but after the Palouse. I was first in line and they took the guy, our contact took the Palouse. So I was just standing there. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, this guy's telling me to go, pastor just saying, stay there. All of a sudden, I was like, I'm just going to look straight ahead. I it was the ultimate, like so intense. it was the ultimate test to Would see you if you obey you? your pastor. <laughs> And as you know what, and I I noticed that I see a different side of everybody when we're in that situation because it's so intense. Yeah. There's hundreds of people in that airport. In that little airport. Yeah. And so yeah, finally we're just going through and we're just like, don't leave, just stay with the group. Even though someone else is telling you to do something, you stay with the group. And so it's This all- is all going through customs. Like mm-hmm. we're not even inside the actual like full port mm-hmm. airport. Full port. Full port. I can't full talk. It's not, even, it's not even really a full port. Yeah. <laughs> On the so, other side of the wall. Full port is not a word. So um, so we're in line. We're waiting to get everything. So we finally go up. And I, you know, um, when we go up to the customs agency or the agents, um, I try to be really nice to them because I know that they're just, you know, the nicer you are to people, usually... It works out, and I happened to get somebody that was really nice, but sometimes it doesn't work out. I didn't get somebody very nice. Yeah, they're like, what are you here for? Yeah, he's all. They were like, passport, take off your hat. I was like, I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Take off that city. So we finally get in there. So And this was the other thing. So we get out. We finally, all of us finally get out. We group in the hallway, and we see Brother Benda. Right? No, Brother Benda was outside with the cars. Oh, he was. They sent somebody in from the church. Yeah, it was another nice man because I was the second ones through the wall, and then they say, just stand there, and then he left me. And I was like, where did everybody (laughs) go? And then there's baggage claim, which baggage claim is crazy. Baggage claim claim is not like in the US. No. There's guys throwing your bags out onto the belt. But we all had carry ons. (laughs) Yeah. The, that's what the, the guy from the church came in and got our bags. Yeah. yeah that's what I was, he took my bag and then put, and then put it him. against the wall. Yeah. And then he said, I'll be back because he had to go get you guys. Mm-hmm. And so he just left me there. Yeah, they're like, like <laughs> escorting us through this area because there's a bunch of other people there. Uh-huh. They left her in the bed with the bags. Yeah. And <laughs> like a ton of. Yeah. And so we're all just trying to like, it's crazy in that yeah. airport. So it's an experience. So we finally get through, everybody gets out. We head outside, we walk outside, and there is a swarm of, of people. people. Oh. It's the airport. So what that means is people have money. So people will go out there and they're like panhandling, oh, like yeah. it's right so sad. outside. I want to give all the kids that were selling oh. stuff stuff. So there's people selling <laughs> stuff, there's people panhandling. Not really so much panhandling. I think they were mostly selling stuff. Yeah. They were mostly selling there's stuff. There's just yeah, hundreds of Or honking at you to see if you need a ride. Family, yeah, there's taxi drivers out there waiting for you. It's it is and it's pitch black everywhere else. Yes. It's like barely lit up outside the airport. Um, so we walk out and then we finally see Brother Benda it's like out there. LAX traffic in Ontario Airport. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That might be accurate. So we finally. And it's humid. Yeah. Super, super, and dark. super humid. Yeah. And so we finally get out there. Brother Benda's out there with all the drivers. And so we're trying to organize all of the um, cars, rides, cars rides, who's going with who, the luggage is going where. And you're getting in cars, maybe even with people you don't even know. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then, so we finally get in the cars and we start driving off. Well, driving out of the airport is another hassle yeah. of trying to get out and everybody's honking. Yeah, and there's like just tons of people even outside the gates of the airport. So we finally get on the road and we're driving and it just gets dark. Like, like pitch dark. <laughs> and then Marky, uh, Mark, he doesn't like to be called Marky. Mark <laughs> in our car decides that he has to use the restroom. 
So we had to stop like at a little gas station there. The guy had to go inside to make sure he was allowed to go to the bathroom. So he goes out with Marky and then I think it was me and Diana in our back of my car with Mark. Uh-huh. I don't remember. We were all in the back of a truck. So he goes inside with Mark to make sure he's okay and they just leave us in the truck and we're like... It's, it's crazy. And like you're driving down, it's probably they like call a them white boy. Yeah. It's like a half <laughs> an hour. Full on Mexican. <laughs> it's like a half an hour drive from the airport to the to where we were staying or something like that. Probably Forty five minutes. Forty five minutes. Yeah. They said a half hour. They said yeah. no. They said twenty minutes. So oh, Mark said, Mark said I could hold it, and then like twenty minutes later, so um, I really have to yeah. go back. So you're driving down the road, and all you see is like fires, a little fire drive by, people. a light, a house, and then it gets real busy for a little bit, and then it just gets dead yeah. again. So like we motorcycles, people like. Six people on a motorcycle. Yeah. At night, you could see that. I could yeah, see yeah. anything. Yeah, the lights while we're driving. Oh, yeah, yeah. Busy part of the street. Oh, yeah, like yeah, when yeah. they cut you off. Yeah, and so we finally get to this hotel, which is it was new for all of us except for a few people that have been there. Um, and we're in the lobby, and they're, they're getting all of our rooms ready, and it's just a little crazy. We finally see everybody after we get in the cars because we all Everyone's got split all grumpy. up. We're just like tired, and we're tired and exhausted, and. I remember they said that they held the kitchen open for us Mm -hmm. because they knew we were coming. Um, But we were, like, there, like, super late. It was, like, 11-something at night, huh? And so we finally get in. They said, go get your rooms, put your stuff in your rooms, then come back and we're going to eat. So we go, and there's two parts of the hotel. There's one that was the old part of the hotel. That's where we stayed in. The old hotel, which is – and then they just built – in front of it, the new hotel. They do that a lot where they just build on top of things. And so we finally get our stuff and we go up to eat. And then we're looking in the... The menu was somewhat Americanized. I think it was pretty American. Super Americanized. Yeah. yeah. But the... It was French fries and a hamburger. It was Americanized. It wasn't... But it wasn't American. <laughs> My beef fried rice was delicious. I had it every single day I had, like, the I trip. had probably every night... Fries and, and hamburger. Ham- oh, sometimes yeah, we split hamburger. Me and Melody a lot of times. Yeah. Hamburger and fries and a coke. Mm-hmm. Oh, and our the um for twelve dollars. The waiters, <laughs> the waiters in them were super nice. We love those people. Super nice. We, yeah, yeah, they were really nice people. We got to know them the whole week because they were pretty much there every day of the week. Yeah. So, um, we got to really know them and connect with them. So we go back to our rooms. Okay, finally we eat and then we and it's dim lit <laughs> everywhere. I mean, imagine somebody setting the mood in every room. Yeah. <laughs> And it's so hard to see. You're walking down hallways, and so we finally get into our There's rooms. Statues everywhere. Yeah. And it started raining. Yes. And there, their stairs, their tile and stuff are <laughs> is not floor tile. It's like wall tile. Yeah. So it's super slippery. So yeah. I actually slipped. And, and their stairs are not up to standards. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's like one step could be really big, the other yeah. one could be smaller. Yeah. Or they're just all really big. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you definitely got your workout going up and down those stairs. So we finally go to the rooms late at night, and it's pouring rain. I mean, like, you've never seen rain like this. You've never seen rain like this until you've been there, and it's just like you hear it. So we all get in a room, and I luckily had my own room. So I was really. Yeah, me and Diana. um, You and Diana shared a room, and then. I was with Sister Josie. She was like the best roommate, if I can just throw that out there. (laughs) (laughs) She was the mother to you. Yeah, because I was sick most of the time. And then Mark had his own room. Uh, a, a floor or two down from me. So I'm laying down, and I know he's going to kill me for li- saying this, but so I'm laying down in, in the bed, and there's Wi-Fi at, there's Wi-Fi at the hotel. So we're really thankful for that because we were able to message each other through Wi-Fi. Uh, and so I'm laying down, and I'm like, okay, I'm, what do I need to do? And I need to unpack, and I need to get all this. And um, 
So I get a FaceTime call <laughs> and I'm like, why am I getting a FaceTime call? I don't, there's like, there's no reason for me to get a FaceTime call from Mark. So I pick it up and, it, and I was like, hey, what's up? And he's like, I need you to help me. I go, <laughs> what? And he goes, I, I locked myself in the restroom and I can't get out. <laughs> And I'm like, what are you talking about? And so he's like, I locked myself and the door doesn't open. And I'm just in the restroom. And he goes, and I can't get out. And nobody else is answering their phones. So then he's like, you need to go get Sister Josie, who is in charge of the trip. So I have to walk up to Sister Josie's room, which is another floor up. But no, no, it's, we're in the same building, but oh. we're a floor up. Yeah, so same building, a floor up. But the our lights are out. The lights are out on that floor. And the hallways, and but the rooms work. So I'm walking up the big stairs, and then it goes to a smaller set of stairs into this dark, dark hallway. Oh, it was super creepy. And I couldn't figure out what room they were. Oh, no, no, I did because I helped you. So we finally, I get up there and I knock on the door. Selena opens the door. Yes. <laughs> and I'm like, Mark said he locked himself in the room. We need Sister Josie. And she's like, she's in the shower. And I'm like, Okay. Should I go to the front desk then? She's like, probably. So I had to walk back downstairs. Mind you, I don't remember how to get there. And this is the old hotel. So a lot of stuff has been repurposed and a lot of stuff has not been repurposed. So I'm walking down and I go down the wrong set of stairs and I end up on the wrong floor. And I go back out to the stairs and I walk back down. And then I finally get to the bottom of the floor of the, of the building. And it's the old receptionist desk. So it's really creepy because oh, there's yeah, nothing was. lit up. Mm -hmm. And they had like these little like... The statues. Yeah, they were creepy. So there's this... Yeah, there's statues. So I'm walking and then mind you, it's still raining. And they have these life-size statues out in their courtyard. So I can't tell if it's a person. <laughs> or you walk in and excuse me, sir. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like walking and it's, it's creepy. So I finally get out into the uh, lobby and I tell the guy and he just starts laughing. He goes... <laughs> I go, the lady who's in charge, she's in the shower, um, but I came over here to see if we can get out. So we finally get into, we get the master key, and we open up his door, and he's so thankful. But that 20 minutes, half hour later, poor Mark. Yeah, that was my first night. <laughs> well, it's because what happens is, I noticed it too, is that the they use whatever they can mm -hmm. for their hotels. So they put on actual room doors where there's a key. Ah. And so Mark, when he, he took... The, the kiss key wasn't in or something, so when you shut the door, it automatically locks, so you need the key to get out. Oh. But the lock was on the other side of the door and not in the bathroom side, because oh. they just put them on. <laughs> so that was my first night. What do you think you remember on your first night oh, there? Uh, the malaria pills made me have the most vivid, oh, yes. weird dreams. dreams. Very, very vivid. Almost to the point where, which I was telling someone, about the third day in, you start kind of not being able to... Like, I know that sounds so weird, but there comes a time where you almost can't distinguish if it's fake. if it's a dream or a reality. Oh, like, wow. the emotions yeah. get so big. But I had a, I mean, obviously, the malaria pills really affected me. I didn't really have sick. any issues with malaria pills. Oh, no, I was having the trippiest dreams. The yeah. airplanes were landing inside our hotel room. <laughs> I like, dream Pastor was mad at me, and the next day I remember telling Selena, I feel like he's mad at me. She's like, it's not what you're dreaming. I was like, but I feel it. And you were, like, crying in your sleep. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, that's what I mean, Diana. And Diana, the next night, she put the... um her watch on me uh -huh. because all of a sudden like I would feel like I couldn't breathe or like my heart was pounding <laughs> and it would like go from like steadily to all the way to like I think like 98 heartbeats oh, wow. or something 
and like just wrap it like all, like my heart would just go low uh-huh. and then super high. But they say like a rapid heart rate was yeah. a side yeah. effect, nausea and all that stuff, and I got it all. I didn't. I didn't feel like. Only thing I worried about that night was the bed, is because you know we've had experiences where there's little friends in the bed, and so uh, I feel like those hotels are cleaner than well, some American hotels. They were very clean hotels, and so I was just worried about that. Um, but aside from that, I didn't have. I slept like a log. Yeah. Um, but that was the first night, and then we wake up the next day. So we flew in on Sunday. Sunday, and so Monday. We went and got fitted for our clothes. We went down into the town, oh, that and that was our kind of our free day that yeah. we had to go and um, explore, explore, purchase anything that we want. We could buy shirts, uh, dress. All you girls bought dresses. We had custom made dresses. Yeah, custom made for thirty dollars. <laughs> yes. For thirty dollars included the fabric. I'm about to. Go. I want to go back. <laughs> yeah. So uh, some of us bought shirts. I don't think I bought any shirts because I had some. So I was like, ah. Oh, and need. you got some. And I got. Yeah. We'll get into that in a bit. <laughs> And so it was cool just to be down there. Um, it kind of reminded me of almost in a way like Garment District slash TJ kind of Yeah, but like the Garment lot, District and TJ, yeah. which is Chinatown. <laughs> it's not Chinatown. The driving. Chinatown yeah. traffic. Uh, so, but it was it was pretty cool, and we were just walking across different places. Um, where else did we go that day? We got to go down to the, the clinic. The clinic, yes. We got Soul to do, clinic. got to go down to a clinic. It was the only clinic in that area. Right for them, in that um, village. Yeah, I don't, I don't think they call it a village, but it's in that area. District, maybe, something like that, um, or county. Super, no, yeah, maybe the county. Yeah. Uh, Pinesville. Yeah, yeah, it's the county. So we went down there, and they showed us the clinic that they that they have. Super and... bumpy roads getting there. Oh yeah. I was so so sick. Yeah. And then we, cause yeah, cause we're all driving in a truck. Or a van. Yeah. No, we were in a we're van. In a van. In a van. And so we get there, and they're all waiting for us, and then they sing us songs, um, and then they give us a tour of the clinic. The story of the clinic. The story of the clinic. Do you remember it? Yeah. So the clinic was probably, it's obviously the center of when Ebola hit, and at the time they didn't know what it was, and it was just spreading so rapidly, they started bleaching the equipment to sanitize it, but... Obviously, the bleach ruined all their instruments, so they ended up having to shut down, and um, I believe one or two of the nurses died mm-hmm. from Ebola. Yeah, yeah, I think all of them did, except for the for one, and the man was telling us that she treated or helped, like, 75 people sick, and wow. she did not get sick. She was the only one that, like, out of the three nurses that were actually employed... Oh, with yeah, that yeah, dental okay. clinic at the time, other people came and helped, but the three main nurses, mm-hmm. two of them died from Ebola, and then the one nurse, which she was not there that day, because I was really looking forward to meeting her, but she was not there that day. Mm-hmm. She was the one that like helped so many people, like I think Pastor said, like seventy five people that wow. she had helped treat and everything, mm-hmm. and then and they showed us like the rooms, and obviously they're not up to American standards of. No, by any means, but they are clean rooms. Somebody, some church had donated a bed for them for the birthing for um, when mothers go to give birth, but it's an electric bed and they have no, no electricity, electricity, so it's just down on the floor. Yeah, yeah. but they're thankful for anything oh, they yeah. get donated oh, yeah. and anything. They, that, they showed us the filing room, the crematory. Yeah, and the, their their lab and sterile room is like shelves in a sink. Mm-hmm. So at, so we saw this clinic, and then we got to meet a lot of the nurses and people that work there. 
and then we got to visit the, the, kids. the kids that were in, in the, the in that village and so that was a really cool experience we got to they we played red light green light yeah and the, it didn't translate as well as you would think it would so we <laughs> ended up just saying stop go <laughs> <laughs> because you think about it some of these kids may have never seen a yeah a i think street i only light. saw two two or three stops or red lights or stop lights i can't lights. talk stop lights street lights no, street street signs. No, 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 stoplights. Anyways. Yes. I get. We okay. got what you mean. Yeah. No, we get what you mean. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so during so, that entire traveling. Yeah. So playing that game was actually hard when we were trying to say red light, green light, because they didn't understand. And then after it. like, just stop, go, stop, go. Yeah, but they ended up having fun, and oh, we, we had a good time. One we, of the village moms brought her baby though. Remember yeah. That? Oh yeah. She and thought. Then, because she thought she's, we were there to help. She thought we were like, doctors. Mentally. And then she handed yeah. Melody the baby. The baby and, and then she's all, she told it her could she... have Ebola. And Melody, no, not Ebola. Malaria. Uh, malaria. Oh, yeah. And so Melody's like, uh. <laughs> <laughs> handed the baby back. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of like set rules that we were told before we go. We don't, um, you know, like you can't give anybody money. Yeah. Can't give anybody food. It's it, Which is really hard when you have people that look like skeletons of people. Yeah. You know. And they and they look like they need it and but it's just for our protection because if we were to do that, we'd be attacked by people. We, yeah, there'd be a swarm of people trying to get stuff from us, and it just it's easier just to say no for. It's not easier, but it's just better for us to say no. Um, even taking pictures, we're not allowed. We weren't allowed to take pictures unless somebody had given us permission to take mm-hmm. pictures of people, yeah. um, because uh, just due to the war and. An um, incident on the last trip. And the last trip of just taking pictures, you don't do it unless it's been given permission. Um, so that was kind of just our first day. I just wanted to give you guys a feel of what that felt like. So we did a conference um, for children's ministers. Well, we did that portion for children's ministers. Every, the other um, ministers that came with us and, and stuff. And we were actually the main speakers. It's uh-huh. that, all here. And the other ones did for actual ministers and pastors' wives. So mm-hmm. we were in a separate area and we were in classrooms and there was 130... 136. Yeah, people. that, And they were all cramming in different classrooms yeah, and we had to they organize. Give, they gave us all the classrooms and when we saw how many people... they Because they said you could use one of the classrooms because uh-huh. they weren't knowing how many people were going to come. Yeah. And then when they realized how big our numbers were, mm-hmm. that's why we had to improvise and say, what do we do? We just divide them into two different classrooms. And then it's split. Instead of teaching an hour, hour you get a half, half hour. hour. And we just mm-hmm. teach both of them the same class and then yeah. move on. We so. had to... And it was funny because we were asking, like, oh, what are we doing? They're like, well, you're in charge. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. We had to run it. We had to just... So we had to think on our feet and definitely... But it worked out. Yeah, it um, did. We were moving people from classroom to classroom, and it was, I was really nervous. The teachers. Yeah, not the yeah. moving. Oh, I thought we moved. We did. The, the teachers, teachers did. Oh, yeah, yeah, the, the teachers, teachers sorry. We kept all the people in there because yeah, there was get, like 50-some people it was, in each yeah. It was easier to move two or three people than, you know, 100 or 50 and 60 Yeah, and the classrooms are built for maybe not even 30 people. Not maybe. even 30 people, And yeah. like 30 kids. They kept adding desks or people were sitting outside the windows and yeah. listening through the windows. Yeah, and if oh. you follow any of us on Instagram, you could probably see some of the pictures we have where it looks like they're in prison. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll post, yeah, I'll post some of the pictures because we still have a lot of pictures. If you guys have some, yeah, send yeah. some to me. Um, so we were doing, I was really nervous to teach this because cultural barriers can be a huge thing so yeah. we were trying to teach like i was just really nervous and like people were so serious about it and you know and which i get and it's like you have to think like a lot of these people have seen a lot of stuff in their life 
especially in this country. Mm-hmm. People like they just recently got the Ebola. They got out of the war, mm-hmm. had a break, and then Ebola broke out. Mm-hmm. And then so, you know, all this stuff going on, it's like I understand these people like they're not you know, always going to be bubbly, at least at the moment they meet you. And so I was nervous about that. And I was like, man, I was like, usually I get a laugh out of this joke. <laughs> but, you know, it ended up um, working out. And then, you know, we, we found the common denominators. And I think what really helped us is talking to people during lunches and breaks. Yeah, like we would be among the people and get an idea of what they wanted to learn. And mm-hmm. then I think, too, once you realized that all they wa- were wanting was they were sincere when their ministry is at home, like teaching and their kids and that they just really wanted to learn. Mm-hmm. They really just wanted to better themselves as teachers. Yeah. And I think one of the great things was was realizing that they just wanted to know our experiences. They didn't want, like, at that point, we can't really teach them anything that they already aren't doing. All mm-hmm. we can do is kind of encourage them to continue and not to give up and to show maybe some new techniques that they didn't think of. And yeah. I know, like, one of the biggest things that for them was when you talk about praying with the kids, they hadn't really ever done that, like mm-hmm. praying and trying to get the kids to receive the Holy Ghost. And to them, that was like, oh, like they were really taking that in. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, so. And I, and I did find that, I, I this is what I found really funny. And I, and I noticed that kids are the same no matter what country you go to. Oh, yeah. And so I was using examples of kids that we have in our church um, about either behavioral problems or whatever it may be. And I just saw them shaking their heads, and they were laughing because they thought of like they yeah. had that kid in their head yeah. from their own. And classroom. I and as soon as I said that, I said that's what I that's what I need. Yeah, that's what I need to communicate with them. Yeah, more experience. Is more experiences and sharing what I have to go through as far as on. I can't complain about technology. Can't complain about you know the luxuries that we have in this country, but I can't complain about or bring up a, an issue or an experience that I've had with the child and they know exactly what I'm talking yeah. about. Mm-hmm. You know, they know exactly of the blurting kids. They have the same thing. And that's what it's like. Kids are the same no matter what country you go to. They may have different needs, but I, I thought that was really cool that I that that's what I found as far as a common denominator. And when um, we sang kids songs. Sang. Yeah. I yeah. mean, I feel like the kids, these adults did better than the kids when we get into them like they were like so into them and then they kept wanting us to sing them and then i mean these people can have long stamina because they can go for a long time so so the 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 conference is the conference was what six hours Um, well i think it ended up being a little longer than that because we ended up having to switch we didn't plan and sometimes we'd go over and then we take a break for lunch and then we were longer than the ministers yeah yeah a couple times we were um but it was so it was i think it was awesome because we got to just Pour whatever we had as far as knowledge. And we taught on different subjects. We taught on songs. We taught on um, teaching, um, praying. I actually had the notes. The other, I was actually cleaning my phone and saw the notes of the, the lessons you? I taught. I taught on prayer. Mm-hmm. Um, and just um, how, and not so much prayer for the kids, but just um, like n- like praying for the kids. And, mm-hmm. and then I talked about how like, um, um, like the influence, like your influence. Mm-hmm. And then casting vision or something. I yeah. think that was. Do you remember what you taught on? Um, I just taught on storytelling. Oh. Which their their culture is very into storytelling. So um, I just basically taught them how to use um, Bible stories to teach in their lessons, but to engage the kids, and that'll help eliminate problems with 
behavior for their kids or paying attention because they can include them in the story by having them make a sound or mm-hmm. and then we did like a we had them come up with their own stories which ended yeah. up taking two days because they are super into it we had some of the people left the conference and went and got props for their story yeah yeah it was pretty intense and it was really we were cool showing them yeah. how you could use different props and stuff uh-huh. to to um, get the kids' attention. Yeah. yeah, I remember doing some of those in my lesson. I think one of my most mem- memorable moments of the of that part of the teaching part was um, telling them was two parts. One was telling them that the kids or God is the same no matter if it's with a child or with an adult. Yeah, and I think like you were saying, they they grasped that. Yeah, they took that and they were like, you know, I never thought about that. Yeah. yeah, you know they didn't push for their kids. Yeah, they didn't the pray. Holidays. They just wanted to teach them, and mm-hmm. then once they did that, they're like, "We we didn't realize we could have church in our." Mm-hmm. Yeah. They didn't. So they they didn't realize the potential that yeah. those children have, mm-hmm. and I think that was that was probably one of my grabbing moments of that conference. And then the sock when we taught them how to make sock puppets. Yeah. Oh my gosh! Like we bought, we went and bought socks, like feet socks. Feet <laughs> and, socks. <laughs> I'm just making sure, like white socks. And I had them buy buttons, buttons, and, and needles and, needles thread. and threads, and that was it. That was it. That was it. That's all we had. And they were sewing them in class. That was on the last day, right? Right around the last day. Yeah, it was yeah. the last day. And so they we were taught so them how to use puppets to teach. Them grown men just like having their puppets, and man. They were so excited. And even later for lunch, they saw their puppets on their hand. Yeah. Remember? People were still walking around with their puppets on. But the truth is, like, we couldn't go and give them puppets. We could, but we couldn't give them all for everyone's class. Mm-hmm. Right. And we couldn't go and teach them how to make these big, massive puppets because a lot of them live in even poorer situations that we could even imagine. Yeah. So at some point, we had to give them something that they could, that they that was relatable to them. Which most of them knew, all of them, well, I think... Uh, Sister Josie had said, like, they all come from a... They're all taught to sew mm-hmm. yeah. when they're little. Yeah, and, too, like, one of the guys was telling me that he was going to go add some fabric and hair. Oh, yeah, yeah, they were getting creative. Yeah, they were going to go, like, fancy of, up. Like, I would we love made to them, see what they looked like We made them name, name their yeah. puppets. Yeah. Uh, remember the one brother? He's all... Hur, 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 oh, yeah, he kept, talking, uh, <laughs> he kept talking with the funny voice in yeah. the song. And, but they were just... they It just blew their mind that, mm-hmm. they, that they had... That they have the tools. You know, opening that creativity part of their mind that they may have never tapped into just was like wow you know like yeah. i can change my bibles my bible study or my bible studies or my my sunday school lessons by just adding a sock with some buttons on it and you know and i remember remember the sister she pulled out her puppet in the middle of a church service oh yeah she did <laughs> she looked at me she sister pulled it yeah, yeah. She, she pulls out her puppet she looks at me she waves with it and i started <laughs> laughing in the it was in the middle of a church service and i was dying um so that was the conference we, it was it was long days long days but it was and so- you really come connected with the people in this in and because of situations, you can't exchange emails. You can't keep mm-hmm. up with them, and it, it's kind of te- it's kind of heartbreaking because there's part of you that wants to see what they've applied and what they've done. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it was <laughs> what nothing. Okay, I didn't break I mean, any rules. No, some of them did try to follow us on Facebook. I, and- I, yeah. follow, I did accept a friend request from one of the minister's wives, Sister Summer. Okay. I'm just, like we've kept in contact. She never asked. I'm just me for obedient anything. to my pastor. <laughs> 
No, actually, no. Catherine gave permission for Diana to exchange information with one of the girls because he just wanted to make sure that it's not someone that's gonna bug you for money and And, like put the pressure on you. So, So, like even like Sister Denise when she went on the mission trip years ago kept in contact with one of the girls and mm. then when we went she sent girl sent a gift yeah. for Denise. No, no, no. And I'm just messing with yeah. you guys. But I was He was just saying being wise and, and be yeah. wise he about said no that. and then like there was a few exceptions he made. Yeah. <laughs> the memes. Yeah, we yeah. made memes on everything that we were we doing. We did. Memes kept us sane. Yeah. yeah. Actually it'd be cool if um I have all if of you them. want to Ray to put a few in his story. I could put some memes up. You in may not story. you may get some of them now. Yeah. So um so the conference, I think, was just, it was great. It was long days. And we'd go home, and then we'd have service that, that night. night. Yeah. So we'd go back to the hotel, Basically shower, change. shower, eat. Eat. And then head right back to the church. And a couple nights we were late because the president of Liberia was yeah. traveling. We saw the president of Liberia. <laughs> More times than our own president. Than I have ever seen any president of the United States. Yeah. And these people, like, clear the street for him. Like, yeah. it's a big deal. It's yeah. It was it was yeah. tons of traffic before service, and we're learning songs in the car. Learning yeah, yeah for that service to for sing. that service, and we're showing up late. Um, not on purpose. We would leave with plenty of time, but yeah. that president. But man, they had church. <laughs> yeah, oh. like you can't even complain when you guys are having shouting services because they have like our shouting services, and then you think we're done. Nope, they still have preaching. <laughs> there's no run. There's a runaway service, but they still have preaching. Yeah, every service. <laughs> a runaway service and then they preach and then they have a runaway altar call <laughs> so we got to we got to worship with them um sing with them sing with them pray with them at the altars yeah, we, one of the ladies tried to teach me how to worship like they do with their feet it did not work out <laughs> and they have no um common ground for personal space no, they're very they're, touchy and lovey and <laughs> yeah they're super open which yeah. i loved about them and you have to learn the handshake the librarian handshake yeah Wait, what is it the well here no. Oh, that's a gangster handshake. You can't see it. We'll show. I can't do it. So anyways, they have a specific handshake that they do that they high five, slide, and then you snap, snap off your, of it. You snap your fingers off of each other. Um, and so, they told us we weren't Liberian until we learned how to do it. Yeah. I learned how to do it there. I just can't do it here. Yeah. So <laughs> it was. I just more, said, oh, yeah. yeah. So we had, and then we would have lunch um, at the church, and we got to eat. Hot dogs I only and had rice. lunch one time because I got super sick. And I thought it was because of the food, but uh-huh. it turns out I had an allergic reaction to my malaria pills, yeah. and that's a whole other thing. But I, ate I never ate much after every, the first day. <laughs> I think I ate pretty much every day at the church. It was cassava and... Oh, I love the cassava. Cassava and sometimes fish or chicken like or that. both. Yeah. Um, and then with rice, um, it, I, I didn't mind it. I enjoyed it. I mean, I, I can't eat it every day. We ate it every day. Yeah. We did eat it every day. But um, Well, the first time I ate the rice and the two hot dogs they gave me, and it, I was starving, you know? And so I ate it, and the lady's like, one more. I was like, yeah. And then that's when I got sick. So I was like, I thought it was the food because I had um, over yeah. Yeah, the, rice. <laughs> it was funny. So, like, Selena was totally getting red with her feminist movement. Um <laughs> But when what because we got cassava and then some of the girls got the hot dogs and the rice, they they fed Uh, us differently. Um, And I was like, I want cassava. They're respectful. They're respectful of gender, you know. Yeah, a higher above women. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, I'm going to keep my mouth shut. But it was funny, though, because Selena was just like, oh, you know. But um, no. Only where it matters biblically. <laughs> and so we were eating, um, but we ate the food. It was delicious. Uh, I, I just couldn't eat it every day. That was my yeah. thing. But was I rem- spicy. remember towards the end of the conference, 
Brother Bendon noticed. He's like... He noticed that a lot of the people weren't eating anymore. Or they would have like a little bit to not be rude. Mm-hmm. So he took us to an American style hotel hotel the, that had a buffet. Yeah, and it was like I had pasta. And they had salad Italian food and that day. We're like, we're all gonna get sick. <laughs> everybody was like, everybody's like, they have American food here. Why were you holding this out on us? Yeah, so we went there and we ate there, and everybody. And on brother um, Benda, or brother Stewart, mm-hmm. or who Benda, yeah, brother Benda, yeah, he treated us. <laughs> So we ate there, and everybody was like super happy um, that that they had they had American food, and it that was, pizza was good. Yeah, and they pizza. had sweet tea. It and was, it was salad that you could eat. Yeah. yeah, we were allowed to eat the lettuce. Yeah, and so, yeah. Um, and then we were we went to that Mexican restaurant, or not the Mexican. It was a restaurant. It was a restaurant, and they served fajitas. Fajitas. They spelled <laughs> fajitas wrong. They said Mexican Mexican style fajitas, <laughs> and so we're like, eh, I'm gonna pass on that. Yeah, uh, we had pizza that's the night, Yeah, that's the night that um, Brother Young and Boston Young came in. Yeah, and, and they joined us. Oh, yeah. was that with the monkey? The night of the monkey? No, no that, that was, was a monkey. different night. Oh, yeah. yeah, I didn't go that night because I was sick. Yeah, that was I the one. Yeah, the you first, were the... Yeah. Marky slept in the hotel, too, or... Yeah, Yeah, I stayed back at the hotel because um, I was sick. We ate on the beach. We did. And we didn't realize... I've been there, and I never realized how close the beach was. We're like, we're in America! Yeah, like, the beach is, like, right across the street from us, um, from our hotel. So... Um, anything else you guys took from the conference portion? I don't know. Aside from just making friends and... Yeah. I think one of the greatest things was to see is that sometimes I think we can compare Sunday school, even no matter where you are. Like, if you're just starting out in a Sunday school ministry, you can compare your ministry to the Rock Church or to our Sunday school or our Sunday school to, like... Um, you know, brother Rialto, sometimes you can look and be like, I don't have, like, I don't have maybe what they have, or I don't have Mm -hmm. the resources. But Mm -hmm. I think at the end of the day, what matters the most is that you're just using the resources that you have Mm -hmm. and realizing that at the end of the day, you may not have what some of these other churches have, or you Mm -hmm. may not have the resources that other churches have. But at the end of the day, the only thing you can do is just use what you have around you Mm -hmm. to do your best to deliver or you to do your best to run a Sunday school and get creative. It doesn't have to be in the four walls of like what we think supplies should be like, Mm -hmm. look around you and say, what can I really use to maybe make this story come alive? Or Mm -hmm. could I add a little something to make this story come alive? And that's one of the things that I was teaching them is like, you have water and dirt, you know, talk about how when you're, you do sin, it, distorts the water you know i was just trying to give them Mm -hmm. examples of of things that everybody has access around to them and so sometimes i think seeing them being creative with the bare bare minimal it reminds you that no matter where we are in the states that you can look around your homes you can look around Mm -hmm. your environments to break out and try to add a little twist to your sunday school teaching or your message or um, like music and puppets or just, you know, mm-hmm. make sock puppets or whatever, the, you know. Yeah, the, like the mission was, the mission's the same. Yeah. You're just using different What you tools. have. And yeah. it does, and at the end of the day, that's all you can do and that's okay mm-hmm. in that moment. Yeah. yeah. And, as long as you're using it. Yeah. Yeah, and it definitely encouraged me to start thinking that way, like, what do I have? What do I, what can I do? Instead of having to purchase something every time, like, yeah. what can we and use? And some it? people don't have the money and to see oh. them not have the money and still look at their environments to be able to deliver messages. It just, you know, maybe can encourage someone out there that maybe so feels like, man, I don't have these things. Just mm-hmm. look around you and get creative, you know? Anything you 
So um, for me, it was kind of opposite, just because I am a behind-the-scenes person, and so being thrown... I'm going to say thrown because I was... It wasn't thrown. You were prepared. I prepared, but I was thrown into <laughs> being in the front. Like, when you go there, you're in season, out of season. You do oh, whatever yeah. they tell you. You serve wherever they need you. Mm-hmm. And so they had told me I was teaching. Mm-hmm. So told. <laughs> and so I don't like being up front. I don't like talking publicly. And so I was just like, I really prayed and prepared for the storytelling. And it worked out. Mm-hmm. And for me, it was just reminding myself that, like, I may think that I lack being able to teach and I'm better doing something behind the scenes, but there's always something in you that can be pushed further and you can develop it. Mm-hmm. And I think even, like, with that, it's like you you may not be qualified for that. You know, th- there may be something you do lack as far as the, you know, the push or whatever. But God fills in the rest. And I think that, like, you trusting God to take care of, like, you know, like, you're preparing, you prepared, and, like, when you did yours, I was really impressed of how outgoing you were in front yeah, of all those Jesus. people. But that's what I'm saying, God... <laughs> so, like, you do your part, and God will do his God's part. Gonna, yeah, you, you, God you pushed you as high as you can go. And right, because like, I could have just been, like, I'm not a public speaker, I'll just, whatever, I'll just mm-hmm. wing it. And maybe that would have been better. Not, not really, but that's air mm-hmm. quotes. But... I knew that that wasn't my strong point and mm-hmm. I was more comfortable trying to snap pictures and video everything for our church back home and for the Libby's. But I knew that I had to prepare for this cause you can't just go into something without being prepared. Yeah. And something that I took away, but I believe it was brother, um, brother Booker, Philip Booker. Uh, he had told us at one of the SEC training conferences that you should never, do children's ministry or speak in public at a church event unless you've spoken in tongues. Mm -hmm. And that morning I made sure that I was praying and not just praying, Mm -hmm. but speaking in tongues and really getting a hold of God because you can't go in there half-heartedly. You have to go in there with everything. And that's where I think God meets you. Yeah. Yeah. And like I said, you just really, I think it went and it was all, it was probably the best, one of the best sessions that we had that day because everybody was so excited about it. Yeah. You know, they were so excited to do the exercises that we, that you had prepared for them. And, you know, just, I think we even did a session on songs too. We did songs yeah. after. Like after the session. Yeah. Mm-hmm. After every session. Oh, that yeah. was, that was one of my favorite parts. What? Is yeah, teaching them the song. We were all outside oh. at the end of the, con- <laughs> it was the last day of the conference. And we did the not. And we uh, all, like everybody would come up and we'd do songs. And so we would even have them come up and teach, teach us, us songs. Yeah. And we just, it was just so much fun. I think that was probably one of my most memorable parts yeah. of that I conference. I think I have a video of that. Anyway. Of us just up there singing songs together. They teach us songs. We teach them songs. They loved making melodies. Oh, yeah. They- to say hi, they would just walk up to us and go, ah, 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 with their tongue out. And I was just like, hey. Yeah. <laughs> or the Nana song. They love the Nana song. So um, I, I know we're kind of running out of time, but I do, one place I do want to talk about is Bommy Hills. Oh. Um, and it was how long of a drive? Well, it didn't seem that long because we were already, we already drove Ooh, to the church like and then we made a stop there. Yeah. So I don't know how it long was like, it was for. I think it ended up being the church was initially two hours away. So bombing kills was somewhere on the way back. And we had to drive mm-hmm. through the red light district. 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, not on the way back, but it was like a slight detour on the. Yeah. The red light district is insane. That's a place that you don't, they don't, they wouldn't allow us to walk through. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's that bad. Um, there's a lot of drugs. There's a lot of uh, prostitution. prostitution, cannibalism, even in some parts of that area. It's, it's pretty bad. Um, but we drove through that and then we drove all through this countryside. It was beautiful countryside. It was amazing. And the roads are like one road. So um, Selena probably might know the story of Bommy Hills a little bit better because I'm afraid I'm going to miss some stuff <laughs> out of it. But she's a one, so she remembers a lot of that stuff. Um, do you know? Can you fill them in on that? Um, so when we got to the church, uh, Brother Wilmoth had um, Brother Stewart tell the story of Balmy Hills and during the war um, it was the uh, rebels had blocked off part of the city and so the church was cut off from everybody else and brother Stewart wasn't able to get up there to get supplies up there so they didn't have food they didn't have access to water and it was just I don't remember how long they were cut off for but I think he said like four months. Four months, yeah. That's crazy. Four months, and then he, um, they would still have church every night. They knew that if they could get to the church and they could still have church, that that was their hope during that time. And eventually, like, they started starving to death. People were just dying left and right, and the congregants that were left were, um, they would stay on the floor to have church the preacher would preach laying down on the floor because he didn't have enough strength to get up and so um the other thing that he said was that they had so many people dying in the church that they would just have to move the bodies from inside the church outside the church and there was a certain bird they have no idea what type of bird it was it's not native to liberia and it would come down and they would take the bodies so they believe that it was a God thing that they, they didn't have to worry about disposing or bearing. Um, and then oh, the I mean, rebels would attack the church during that time, too. So they were constantly being shot at. Part of the church was destroyed because um, they were bombed. Mm-hmm. And I just like, I, like you said, like it's a God sent thing. It's like to think of that, you mm-hmm. know, like. God sent a bird to take the dead bodies away. It's like... Well, yeah, and then yeah. that's what he said, too, is that they were worried during that time that some of the dead bodies would go missing, too, because there was cannibalism in the country at that time. Mm-hmm. I mean, there still is, but... So they were worried about what would actually happen to the bodies after. Mm-hmm. And then... Um, I don't know. I forgot how many people died in that church, but every single night... It didn't matter. They were at that church having church. Like, they mm-hmm. knew that was the only way to survive. Yeah. And they were, and like you were saying, they were laying on the floor. The pastor couldn't even get up. Mm-mm. And he was preaching from laying down on the floor because they were so weak. Like, to be that... Dedicated? Dedicated. Just, oh, man. Like, I knew the stories of the church before I got there. And some people didn't, but... Like, so I knew what we were, what, what was going on there. Um, but just the conviction. Yeah, it was super convicting. And then not only that, but like, we had been traveling with these ministers the whole week. Mm-hmm. They were our drivers. They yeah. were coming with us and helping us, or... helping us in any area. And then 
brother Stuart, after he got done telling the story, he told us that one of the guys had lost his son there. His son had died because he was trapped up there. Uh, mm-hmm. Someone else lost their um, parents. Um, brother... Oh, I just had his name. Um, he lost um, two of his kids. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. yeah. and just all the, like and it was just like you said just being with those people and not realizing i got i was talking to the ministers a few ministers there and i was telling them just realizing what they have gone through mm-hmm. and yet they're still faithful to the church to god to god to to the ministry that is in liberia mm-hmm. without complaints driving us around like i felt so unworthy that day when I was yeah. leaving. And they like they just reminded us like Pastor had oh, Pastor said, Jackson. That's it. Pastor name. Jackson. Mm-hmm. Um Pastor Wilmoth had told us like when you go in this church like take time to be silent and just sit there cuz you're you're walking into holy ground. Like this is holy ground. And so we went in there and I just like for me I just started weeping. Yeah. Just like they were talking about the door, like this door had to be replaced. It was a steel door mm-hmm. or you know stuff like that and just this like what you felt in that in that church is just like wow and it was a big church mm-hmm. for their sizes yeah. the, the area is actually beautiful probably the most beautiful place in that country i think and just yeah i just felt so so convicted that you know sometimes it's hard for us to even come to church because we're tired or because we got family things going on. Right, and they were literally starving to death. There's people yeah. that were dying. And I think that's somewhat of the difference is they didn't look at it as like, oh, I have to go to church. They look at it as like, I need to go to church. Like, or I get I, to go to I, church. I, no, yeah, no, no, it's like, yeah. no, at that point, they, that Brother um, Stewart said it in there that, that yeah. they felt like all I needed to do was get to that church mm-hmm. to be in the presence of God to endure the next day. Yeah. So it wasn't like uh, I would need to be home to rest. It was like... It wasn't something that they they felt like they had to do. It was something that they needed to just to even survive. They felt to get the strength to live, mm-hmm. to breathe, was they needed to be in the presence of God. Yeah. You know? And I was I just felt so it ashamed. It's like, you know? man, I was like, uh, here I am complaining about having to be at the church at 11 to do outreach or having to be at the church for prayer or having to be at the church early to set or up. Or coming to church feeling like, oh, I had to be here because I don't want yeah. so-and-so to say I didn't come and, you know, or <laughs> yeah. oh, I don't want to look like I'm missing church, but yeah. I had a long day at work and da-da-da-da. And then you get, you, you're you in the presence of people who, like, probably at that point there was people that didn't even make it to the church because they couldn't even travel They get there. Yeah. They tried, literally dying, trying to get into the presence of God, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. And it just sometimes it it puts um, um, perspective and reality back in your head of like oh, yeah. how much sometimes we can take. I mean, mm-hmm. how much we can take the presence of God, the body of the church, mm-hmm. the this temp, the church itself mm-hmm. for granted, and and realize that not everybody gets this privilege, and it's not some far off idea when you're actually standing in the middle right. of it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So. And I think that was. That was a memorable day. I, I had just posted something like a couple days ago. And out of all the pictures I had, that was the one that I that I remembered the most. As I saw, and it's like, you know, people gave up everything. Or they, they lost everything. But the one thing they held on to was the church. And it oh. was God. Mm-hmm. And they didn't give that up, although everything was taken away from them. 
Yeah, and I think Brother Stewart said they tried to destroy the church and mm-hmm. it wouldn't fall, mm-hmm. you know? Only parts of it would yeah. fall. But the like certain areas where they hit, they had planned a bomb, it didn't even affect it. Wow. Yeah. And there's so many so many stories of of God stepping in in that even country. During the war. During the war, there's there's hundreds of stories we would hear. Or even during Ebola, Brother Benda told us that they didn't lose one of their churches or congregants to Ebola. Mm-hmm. Their churches were literally unaffected from it. Yeah. yeah. And People think, in the church had like family members that died from it, but they their church members themselves yeah. were not affected. And I think it's the hand of God that just mm-hmm. kept it on them, that just helped them. And a lot of it, I think, a lot of the Ebola spreading had to do with just no knowledge of how what to prevent it, it or what it was. Yeah. But God equipped the leaders of the churches. And, and um, Brother ben, um, Stewart, Brother Benda, I'm sorry, said that um, he actually had someone speak to him and told them that he was coming. That's yeah. why they gathered all their saints into their little mm-hmm. um, church and then mm-hmm. told people not to shake hands, which they do. You know, they're very touchy, yeah. but people weren't allowed to touch people. And he called as many of his congregants to come and mm-hmm. stay there. Yeah. So, But he said that um, God spoke to him that something was coming, yeah. that he was prepared for the outbreak. Yeah, And there's so many incidences uh, in all these of churches God's protection, yeah, of them. God. And then you notice that, like, you notice a pattern that anytime there's something going on, they're at the church. Yeah. When the war broke out, they were inside the church. And they were inside the church when, you know, they were hiding or they were all on the grounds of the church sitting there. Or when Ebola broke out, they were all at the church and they all yeah. on the grounds. So like, that's a hub. And I think that... It's their safe place. Yeah, you know, and it's just like to hear that. It's like, when things go wrong, people don't want to go to the church here. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's like, well, we need to come down to the church and pray. Oh, I'll just stay home. Yeah. You know, but there it's like, it was a man for... And like, live in whatever yeah. thing you're going through. Yeah, and it's like, here it's like, things go wrong. Or over there, it's like, things go wrong, going to the church. Yeah. Everybody's going to the church. Mm-hmm. Um... But I think, yeah, it's just there's so many stories of, of faith and, and stepping out on faith and allowing God to just take care of things. and Yeah. You know. And even just th- rethinking about this, like, it brings a lot of, like, checkness into your spirit. You yeah. know, to be mm-hmm. like, man, I better be at prayer tonight. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it was just, it was an awesome time. Um, I know we didn't get to everything because there's so many stories. Yeah. We'll probably have to do a part two. We'll um, do part two of, like, the bloopers and funny stuff. <laughs> but I, I definitely wanted to make sure that this part was talked about. Um, anything else you guys remember before we head out? Just have a willingness. Be willing in whatever God asks you to do yeah. or what your ministry asks you to do. Yeah. And if you get a chance to take a missions trip, do it. Make it a priority and save and fundraise, do what you got to do. But it's definitely life-changing, you know? Yeah. And I, I think... Um, just allowing God to do whatever he needs you to do. And sometimes it's hard and sometimes it's frustrating. Sometimes it's sacrificing. Uncomfortable. Uncomfortable. Yeah. But sometimes those things are the things that mold us, you know. Yeah. Sometimes those the fire is what helps make and us stronger. And to, on a side note, you guys were able to go do that over there because you guys do it every Sunday morning here. Yeah. And sometimes people want to go over to a foreign country and do all these crazy things. But a lot of time, God will never put you in those positions if you're not doing it faithfully at your church. Girl, preach. Yeah. 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 And it's definitely something that pastors taught 
me and I'm sure he's taught every one yeah. of us is that David didn't take down, down Goliath Before, right away. Yeah. He had to have a bear. A bear and a lion. Yeah, so yeah. be faithful and God will open the doors and take you into places you can't even imagine, like Africa. Yeah. So, so thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for coming and taking your time on this Saturday morning. I know everybody's busy right now with We're Easter. heading out to outreach. And- yeah, we got outreach today, so we're, we're going to put our money where our mouth is. <laughs> um, let's, you guys want to do that together? Aww. So remember, guys, stay, stay kingdom-minded. <laughs> Wait, do you want to do it again, Lorraine? Yeah, I didn't do it. We didn't okay. do it in our podcast. <laughs> I know we didn't. I thought it would just be special. Okay. Okay. Well, ready? We're not going to cut this out either. Yeah. I'm going to leave ready? this in. One. Uh, on three or after no, three? No, remember, everybody, okay. stay, stay kingdom-minded. Kingdom minded. <laughs>